0: Hey, this is your name. your name, your name, your name. And, uh, they say it ain't easy. Hey, Gang green the the have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break, to great one. We're not talking about effort on the field.
1: Whoa. We're talking about the process at which we do things.
0: I'm not gonna lie to you. Hurry
1: up! Hurry up! Hurry up! Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this run! Own this run! The
2: New York Jets we beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday.
3: and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the number one Jet Thin in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris everyone.
1: What's up, Keith? What's up, Jet Nation? Let's go. Also,
3: oh, I'm sorry, Michael, Do you mean to step on your toes there? Also joining us on the line, you know him, you love him, the majestic beast, the big stinking wookie, Nicholas... Kronk, everyone, what's going on, everybody, and the number one high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin Samuel Hare in the building. Sammy, what's up?
2: What's going on, everyone?
3: All right, we got the whole team together here this week to talk about what maybe was the most insane, entertaining, ridiculous NFL playoff weekend I can ever remember. We're gonna get the boys' thoughts on it in a moment. Uh, you just running through the games, the Bengals game. Ended with a field goal at the end. The Niners game, pump block, field goal at the end. Tampa Bay game with the Rams, biggest comeback you could possibly imagine from Brady. You thought he was going to do it again. No! Field goal at the end? And then we got that Chiefs-Bill game, which will go down as one of the greatest games in the history of the NFL. Guys, what we just saw this weekend, that's why we watch sports. That's why we sit here and do this podcast hoping the Jets get back there one day so we can hopefully watch games like that with our team involved in the mix. The emotions I felt watching the game just as a spectator, as a neutral fan, I was all over the place. coaster of emotions watching these teams. I mean, there's so much to get to. Rodgers failing once again. Brady coming up short. Now we're hearing the whispers of retirement. I mean, you haven't heard that this year at all when it comes to Brady and what he's gonna do next year. All you heard is um, next year he's probably gonna play. I mean, Burrow going out there, getting a big win in Tennessee. I didn't know Mike didn't think it would happen. Wasn't a great game. And then you have Josh Allen and the way everything went in overtime with the Chiefs, and a lot of people having a lot of controversy with that. They should have got the ball back, hullabaloo, all that hullabaloo. We'll get to that. I want to ask Mike, right off the bat, first thoughts on this weekend. We're going to talk about that Chiefs game. But when it comes to Rodgers, now we're going to go through all the games. I just want to ask you what you think about this one specific topic, Michael, if you don't mind. And then we'll talk about everything else. And it's Aaron Rodgers and his legacy. Do you think this loss this weekend is a major blow to that legacy, considering... One championship in this whole entire time in Green Bay, 2005 to 2021. They had the number one defense in the league. Not that he played bad, but he couldn't get the job done once again. What are your thoughts, man? Aaron Rodgers, his legacy there in Green Bay, Mike, after this big-time loss of the 49ers?
1: Well... Um... His legacy, I mean, we know that he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. I think that has been established just because of how long it's been since his last Super Bowl win. And somebody that that's that talented who hasn't been able to stack up more championships and more appearances in those championship games you know, speaks kind of to either his team or his ability to get his team to execute. It, it, either way, it, it's a dark mark on his legacy. So I don't really think it really changes anything. I think this really just puts it as status quo. He's a talented thrower. He's like a Dan Marino that has a chip. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I mean, he's, I probably think he's more talented than Dan Marino as a passer. He's probably one of the most talented passers that we have ever seen in the history of this sport but as a you know a champion and someone who can execute and push his team i you know it's unfortunate and this is just par for the course in my opinion
3: comes to aaron Rodgers, sammy uh, and you think about him his legacy here in the nfl obviously statistically one of the better quarterbacks ever but do you think he's going to be involved in that conversation if he walks away finishes his career with just that one super bowl
2: um, no, I don't think so. I mean, there was a point in time, right, where Dan Marino was considered the greatest quarterback of all time, right? Um, but I, when you look at what Brady did being down 27-3 to three and almost getting back, I know they ultimately lose that game. But, like, if Brady's in the same situation that Rodgers is in in Green Bay, like, he doesn't lose that game. That game's nowhere even close to what that score was the entire game. He, the The difference, I don't think he has that kind of killer mentality. Like, yeah, he has the chip. And he, off the field, um, likes to talk this kind of big game, right? And he knows he's really good at the position. But I think when it comes crunch time, for some reason, he just can't perform well enough to ever get his team to that next level.
3: Yeah, and you look at it, guys, ever since he won that Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers' playoff record is seven wins, nine losses. I mean, that's not amazing. And Peyton Manning had some of those kind of ghosts in his closet for a while there, too, until he won that chip got that second one with the Broncos I guess people kind of look at him a little bit differently I mean let's go through these games guys I mean it was probably one of the most entertaining games like we entertaining weekends like we said of all time I think the Chiefs Bills game will get to last that was the most exciting let's talk about this Titans Bengals games first and I'll go to the Wookiee here Wook uh wasn't really the most exciting game in the world burrow put up some stats made a big pass there at the end Bengals sneak out of there with the w do you think wookie the tennessee titans are the worst number one seed you can remember in your lifetime
0: uh i mean i'd have to think a long time about worst number one seeds but they're they i mean without even thinking much they're up there um i thought last week you know when we, we spoke last about making the picks henry was going to be a big factor I, I think Foreman had a touchdown in that game, right? The backup running back. Yeah, I he mean. had a
3: big run. He, I think he had, I know he had a forty-five yard run. He ended up with about sixty yards. Henry finished with about sixty-five yards. I mean, it's almost felt like to me they forced the ball a little bit to him.
0: Right, right, and, I'm, and I guess it just wasn't enough. Burrow and 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 company made enough plays. Um, that's that's going to be a very good, very young team for a while. They're going to be exciting on offense and if they can play defense to keep up or at least keep them in games, uh, they're gonna be a tough out. I, I, don't, I don't see a way around it. They're playing that well consecutively now for a better portion of a month, maybe a little bit more. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens uh, this game
3: though. Yeah, Mike, I wanna ask you because I know you weren't the biggest fan of Burrow, you weren't the biggest fan of Allen, um, but when it comes to Joe Burrow specifically, he had 348, he threw an interception in the game. Not like he played the greatest, his QB rating was still decent, but at the end there, When, you know, Tannehill goes and throws that pick in the fourth quarter, which was the dagger for the Titans there, and then Burrow goes, hits that 20-yard strike to chase, that pass, that type of pass in that moment, that's what you're looking for from a big-time quarterback, came up big time in this game. What do you think about Joe Burrow? I know you've been, both of us, I should say, have been a little slow to warm up to him now. I think got to look at him as one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, led his team to the AFC Championship. What are your thoughts on him in that game coming out of uh, this weekend?
1: Uh, Burroughs impressed me a lot. I didn't like him coming out really because he had small hands and he was older and he had lost the battle to Haskins at Ohio State. And I thought he was a factor of the team and LSU and why he was so productive. Uh, but he comes up onto the scene at, in at, in Cincinnati and essentially has a pretty decent rookie season. Then he gets goes down hurt with a knee um, and then he comes back. You know, this year, and you could look at him and say, hey, he's going to be a little skittish. He's going to be a little protective. And this this dude's a baller, man. And all I did, all I saw was this kid just get better and better and better as the year went along and was able to really utilize those weapons. They did a really good job, the Cincinnati Bengals GM, in getting him um, weapons to be able to throw to on the outside with Chase and Higgins and having Tyler Boyd there and having Mixon and all them. Uzama. So I was very impressed. Um, this game I had picked the Tennessee Titans to win. I thought they would win because I thought the defensive line would dominate the defensive line didn't dominate but I did not take into account Tannehill was a piece of garbage and throwing three interceptions um, and Henry not really dominating the way I thought he would. Um, and so the good, you know, like you said at the end Burrow made that tremendous throw and that's really What separates the winners from the losers? Can you make the throw when you need to make the throw? Right? And uh, he did it or not even the throw. Can you make the play when it's time? That's that's it. That's what defines winners and losers, guys. I mean, uh, (laughs) there's so many different people out there, you know, uh, that, that are really successful. And in the end, like Aaron Rodgers, he's not making the plays to win the games. Right? So good for Burrow.
3: Got sacked nine times on the day, bro. You can't. You you wouldn't think they'd come out of there with a W, considering how often he was on the ground. Green Bay versus San Francisco. The way this one ended. Now all four games had dramatic, amazing endings. If one, you know, normally you don't get one ending like we got in those four games, right? But this game with with Rodgers, and we touched on it a moment ago. That's why I want to just get right into this one, guys. Uh, the way the way the game played out was it was a defensive battle. We know Green Bay had the number one defense in the league this year. 49ers have a great defense also. 49ers ran the ball, I think, 30 times. They didn't really throw the ball that much with Jimmy G. Jimmy G looked like a bag of trash all day as well. And it comes down to special teams. Now, the 49ers have one of the worst special teams unit in the league, but it doesn't matter this weekend because they block a field goal. They block a punt. They get the ball back. Jimmy G pushes the ball down the field. A couple passes here and there. Like Mike was saying, Jimmy G... Not a great quarterback, but he did enough to win the game. He made the plays when he needed to, got his team in position to get that field goal. Rodgers had a ball the drive before that, couldn't do that. Uh, we touched on it a moment ago about Rodgers' legacy, how surprised we all picked Green Bay to win the Super Bowl. So, obviously, we all thought they were winning this game, but the level of surprise might range. There could be a spectrum here. Now, as the game played out and I saw how tight it was, I was thinking to myself, the Packers aren't moving the ball, really. You know, they are throwing a lot of passes to Aaron Jones, as you guys saw. 49ers weren't really doing anything. This could come down to a turnover or just one big play and ended up being what happening. Uh, Wookie, what would you think? I know you thought the Packers would take the W just like the rest of us. How surprised were you that it went down to the wire like that? Block punt at the end. Jimmy G, field goal, and the 49ers sneak out of there with the W. Was it a complete shock on your end, or did you think as the game went on they were going to be able to hang in there?
0: Uh, no, not complete shock. I thought uh, San Francisco, I, I think we a couple of us talked about it last week. Uh, if any team had the tools uh, to beat Green Bay, it, it would be San Francisco. I just was, I wasn't, you know, convinced that that would happen. Uh, and obviously they kept it, you know, they kept themselves in it towards the end. And like you said, worst special teams unit comes up big in games like this and you can't write that script. So as the game kept going on, I've, you know, you feel the momentum kind of shift over to, to the 49ers there. And um, they played, uh, you know, they played a game good enough to to beat Green Bay on that day.
3: Sammy, how crazy is it that the 49ers didn't score a touchdown on the road in Green Bay and got a win versus Aaron Rodgers? Yeah,
2: I, I mean, it's, I was really surprised. In I
3: should say, let me rephrase that. Didn't score a touchdown on offense. Right. Two field goals on offense the entire day on the road in Green Bay, got the W. Please, Sammy. I
2: really just, I didn't think that the Niners would be able to stop anything that Green Bay was going to try to do with the connection him and Devontae Adams have had all year. And the fact that they weren't able to do anything offensively, still come out with this win, I was really shocked. And then I thought about it and I was like, oh, wait, that's on me for thinking Aaron Rodgers could get over the hump finally and do what he needs to do to get out of this game with a win. Like, you're home, you're used to playing in these conditions. They're from San Francisco, man. Like, come on. This is your home turf again. Like, again, how many times in a row now has he? have we been having this conversation where he's home and he loses? So, I was just, at first I was shocked,
3: and then reality set in. Well, that's a good point, man. A lot of these losses, a lot of these losses have been at home for the Packers, too, man. Even back in the day, Wook, when the G-Men won on that run, you guys took them out in Green Bay. And that year, they had, like, 15 wins. I mean, that yeah. was... Every, even more than this year, 2011, they, everyone thought they were winning the Super Bowl. I mean, that was, yep. that was foregone conclusion, right? Uh Man, I want to get to Mike here. Mike, another loss for Rodgers, touched on it a moment ago. The only touchdown in the day was to A.J. Dillon, defensive battler, 260 yards for the Packers, 212 yards for the 49ers. But once again, Rodgers can't make the big play when it matters the most. Surprised
1: that they lost, but as the game went along, I could see how the, San Francisco 49ers were playing to their strengths and being able to um, push the the, uh, the the Green Bay Packers into their game, which was a defensive game and a run and being able to establish a run in it. And I know we don't have a lot of content here for the New York Jets, but I want every Jet fan to take something away from what you just saw, because we're really the blueprint of the San Francisco 49ers, ladies and gentlemen. The New York Jets will be building their offensive scheme, their running game, their uh, ability to strike just like the way you see the 49ers do what they need to do. And Jimmy G is not that great of a quarterback. So, you know, all of us, we, we hope that Zach Wilson can be, you know, everything. But we don't need Zach to be Mahomes. Zach can be good. And the the team is can be set up the way the 49ers were set up and you just saw they beat the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay because they played to their strengths. And this team gets what's one of their strengths they get after the quarterback. That's why I know I believe and I know Joe Douglas is going to be extremely aggressive in the offseason getting after the quarterback, getting that defensive line. You see Joey Bosa and all those boys up on that San Francisco defensive line. Salah's defense, Albrecht's defense is not going to be able to execute unless they have that type of weaponry up front. You can see it because they don't have to rely so much on man coverage on the back end, right? Because they're going after the quarterback and causing disruption up front. So all in all, I was surprised that Green Bay lost, but the more I watched the game, the better coached I thought San Francisco was and the better uh, being coached allowed them to for Green Bay to play to their scheme and the the better team won. And that's what happens when you have good coaching and synergy across the team.
3: Yeah. And that's such a good point, dude. because. When people say San Francisco 49ers just won that game. We know because of a blocked punt. I get it. But where was the ball? Like they were at the five or six yard line when that happened. Right guys. So that was San Francisco playing their game. They were playing the field possession game. Packers couldn't do anything on that drive. They blocked the punt, picked it up. They won the game because of that. So, I mean, that's a team that didn't deviate for what got them there. They didn't run the ball that well this weekend but they ran the ball for 106 yards. I think they ran the ball 30 times. They just continued to play the game they play, and ended up winning. So, I mean, that's a good sign for us if that's the blueprint we're gonna stick to, especially with some of these picks Joe Douglas has made. And I do know in free agency, there's some guys out there at defensive end. I know at the top of this draft, there's going to be some guys we can grab. It's a heavy defensive draft. We know Carl Lawson's coming back. Jonathan Franklin Myers played well. I think he was actually the highest graded guy on PFF on our whole team. Mike would know. Mike's been looking into those stats for us with PFF, which we're going to get to next week with this offensive lineman show we're going to do. But guys, another great game right there. And then the third great. I mean, we had two great games on that Saturday. I was like, wow, what a great football Saturday. Drama to the highest level. Rodgers loses, which unbeknownst to me, he was going to become one of the biggest douchebags on the planet this year. I always knew he was but it's almost like he got revealed as a giant douchebag. Now he's making political statements. You need to just shut up. it interesting when people like Aaron Rodgers who think they're smart, they make statements. Now you can believe whatever you want politically. You say a statement about say the president and you say, oh, well, 81 million idiots voted for that person. As if when you voted a year ago, you know what the person's gonna do in the future and whatever they do in the future, you have to own it now and you're an idiot too. That's how people approach life now. Like you vote for a person, and in three years they do something stupid, you're a moron. No, I'm just hoping. When you cast a vote, you hope and you pray this moron you're voting for does well. I don't have to own that, and no one else should either. And don't try to act like you're intelligent and then make generalizations. That's for stupid people. Yeah, that's. Anyways, moving. On. I, moving I remember,
1: on. I remember the term nozzle. Oh,
3: oh D nozzle. Yeah. Oh yeah, D nozzle. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, of course. He's the he's the epitome <laughs> of a douchebag and the epitome of a nozzle, Aaron Rodgers. But to the highest level So him losing, him not having, <laughs> I saw someone talk about him not being able to have a Super Bowl platform for his pseudo intellectual self that he thinks he is. I love that. Mm-hmm. Now go back to tweeting, go back in the Pat McAfee show, do what you got to do. Um guys, Sunday though, we thought the Saturday games were good. Sunday took it to another level. Okay, cuz this Tampa Bay Rams game Rams came out and they were giving it to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady was getting smacked around. I was loving it. Throwing interceptions, getting mad. Guys, yelling at refs, getting 15 yard personals on Tom Brady? That was happening in that game. That's and, how mad he was.
1: And if, if I could just jump in real quick, I was at this time, I'm 0 2. Now, I had picked in the Sunday the Brady and the, the Hill people. So, while I'm watching the Rams annihilate Brady, I am just reveling. I'm like, you know what? I'll go 0 4. I texted Keith. I was like, I'll go 0 be- 4. <laughs> I will go 0 4 and be happy, right? And I'm just, you know, we're all laughing. And then all of a sudden, there's that interception, that turnover, that I think it was a fumble from Cam, Cam Akers with his fumbling self. And wow. I just said, oh, and what does he do? He goes down, and throws a touchdown on Mike Evans. I'm like, well, how many times have we seen it? I- I'm scarred. You know what? And and I should have picked the Rams, but I I'm I'm scarred, bro. I can't. Can't do it. And when he started coming back, I just sat in my couch and shrank. My dad starts texting me, like, Michael, what's going on? I'm like, oh. It's the worst. It's just, you know, so just bad. He
3: just did it to us a few weeks ago. He so did. I mean- it's fresh, besides the, all the other wounds we had for 20 years. It's as if your abusive dad beat the hell out of you your whole life. You get away from him for a year. You go home to visit for college, he smacks you around right when you walk in the door. That's what Brady did to us a few weeks ago after not seeing him for a while. And that's what he did. We thought he was going to do to these Rams fans this weekend. I mean, that game, guys, 27-6. to 6, Only three minutes left in the third quarter. They start slinging. Sammy, if you were coaching your squad and you're up 27-6, to 6, and there's three minutes left in the third quarter, in your mind, is it a wrap? Is the game over? Or in your mind, like, are you playing prevent defense? Like, where are you at, at that moment of the game, as a coach, 27-3, so, to 3, three minutes left in the third quarter?
2: So like, as a coach, you're gonna do literally exactly what you've been doing the entire day. So whatever was working defensively, you're gonna keep doing that exact thing and not change a single thing about it. But I also don't have to go against Tom Brady, So that game, I've never been so emotionally exhausted watching a game that wasn't a jet game. And watching that game was just so emotionally draining, having Tom Brady come back. But I mean, I thought that the Rams, they didn't, it didn't look to me like they pulled back at all. It just seemed like Tampa turned it up to a whole new level. So like the Rams were trying to do stuff and all of a sudden that defense started just playing defense that they didn't do the whole first half. So that really put, I think that whole offensive uh, game plan in motion where they're playing field position, they're getting the ball in good space, they get that one turnover and then it's set in motion, a whole chain of events where Brady's dropping over the top in single coverage on one of the best corners in the NFL who walks away with his head down like, oh, whatever. Mike Evans, like, no, man, like, he just he just burns you and then moss you and made you look like a small child running around with football. Team.
1: Yeah, but notice, Sammy, what what changed? What changed was that he started trusting his other weapons, Scotty Miller and, and, and Tyler, those other guys. They started yeah. catching, and that's when, to your point, they, the offense just started picking up because Brady started trusting them, you know, started using a bunch of other weapons instead of trying to go to Gronk
3: and Evans the whole time so i mean it's just just wookie let me ask you a question they brought back cam Akers, hasn't played the whole season off this achilles uh 24 carries for him 48 yards that's garbage that's as garbage as a getter now he's going up against a tremendous run defense don't get me wrong at all but that big fumble at the end i don't think he really played that well didn't look good didn't look sure of himself out there fumbled the ball at the end that could have been it right there do you think this is the guy they're rolling with next week in the, in the NFC Championship game? Or is he going to go back to Sony Michelle?
1: And before you ask that answer that question, Nick. Remember, I traded uh, Christian McCaffrey for him in Dynasty. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: you got um, McCaffrey um. for so you got one one noodle
3: leg for another noodle leg. Yeah, like if, well, if that I'll was take, a straight, I'll a slightly take a better, McCaffrey. A slightly I'll take better, McCaffrey. more established noodle leg. Mike is Mike is leaving out many other pieces of that trade.
1: Um, I know, many I know, of them. I know, There's I don't know, I
0: don't know if you can go, I mean, I
3: don't know if you can,
0: if you can put, if you can put him, that young kid in there again, uh, I mean, Michelle has proven to be, you know, to do it, he, he can handle the load, and I don't think you completely go away from Akers, like, like, he's not going to see the field, but I think it's going to, you're going to see more of a, of a timeshare, more of a split of the carries, um, and if Michelle has a hot hand, maybe you will see a little less of Akers, but, two fumbles, I think, he had two fumbles, right, two by the goal line as well, Yeah. Uh, where the head almost touched the ground before the ball, yeah, yep, yeah. yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um you don't want to, you know, shake him, you know, shake his confidence, but you also, you have to keep him involved because he's one of your playmakers, and yeah. he's going to be that guy down the line, so it's going to be, it's going to be nice to see how they, how they manage
3: that. Yeah, you know what, guys, we, we mentioned, uh, Mike mentioned earlier when we're talking about Burrow, him locking that throw down to Chase. And it'd be in those moments in a game and in someone's career that kind of define you. The biggest moments, you make the biggest plays, and that's how you're remembered. You know, Eli Manning is someone that no one remembers as being a great regular season quarterback, but he's going to be in the Hall of Fame because of the playoffs, the biggest moments he played the best. And a guy who I saw do that this week, even though the defense let up some points, was Matthew Stafford. I mean, we have not seen this dude in these moments because he's been with the Lions forever. These big-time moments versus these big-time teams. And when they tied the game up, now, like we said, I think there was three or four minutes left. It's 27-6. to six. With 40-something seconds left, Leonard Fournette gets that touchdown. The game's tied 27-27. I couldn't even believe it. Um, 40-something seconds left. He made a pass to cup, as we know. Big-time pass. Other, other plays in the, other, the drive, too, with Stafford. Throughout the day, big-time passes he made throughout the day, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, he's somebody that... I don't know is he the most underrated Um, let me ask you Mike what do you think do you think Stafford is probably the most underrated quarterback in the NFL.
1: I don't think he's the most underrated quarterback in the NFL I think. He's finally reaching his potential because he's been locked up in Detroit for so long he also has a problem with turnovers but he has the weapons and he's in the right system now and sky's the limit for him. And I think that um, he took advantage of the situation. He made the throw he needed to make. Cooper Cup has just been lights out this season, um, and I think that uh, he's really just reaching the potential that he always had in him. I just think that this is the situation that's bearing all of that out. Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback, but he's not. He, you know, he has a propensity to, to, to throw turnovers. Unfortunately, that's just. The, the bad part know. of his game
3: he hasn't um early in his career that's true but if you go back and look the last go back the last seven or eight years 12 picks 13 10 10 11 5 10 he's not that's not the same quarterback that he was early in his career at least to me statistically and you might the thing is with stat uh, with Stafford, if you throw a pick in a big moment you might only have 10 of them but everyone's going to remember it so I know what Mike means. I think he's talking more about big moments he would turn the ball over. Big, Not that, not that the Lions had many of those, um, but when that the Lions come up against those moments, maybe Stafford wouldn't be the best quarterback. But now here with the Rams, 41 touchdowns this year. This year he did have 15, 16 interceptions. So they, they threw the ball, though, and that's that may um, maybe why next week, whether it's Akers or it's Michelle, maybe it doesn't matter because that team just throws the ball. So Stafford's going to sling it 40 times no matter what, more than likely, next week also. But, I mean, what a game this week for him. What a game. Tampa Bay versus the Rams. I mean, that's as dramatic as it gets. We thought that was as dramatic as it gets until this final game, which we're going to talk about right now. Chiefs-Bills. Some people saying the greatest game ever played in NFL playoff history. I think it's up there. I'm going to ask the boys their opinion on this in a minute as well. And we're going to get into Mike's opinion on Josh Allen because I think he's the one person who came away from this game and was not – mike wasn't hating know what i'm saying but mike was not as impressed as some other people when it came to josh allen and his play in this game mike let's let you start off here when it comes to chiefs bills we'll talk about everything related to this crazy ass game but i just want you to enlighten the aebg audience your thoughts that you and i had going back and forth when it came to josh allen when this game wrapped up
1: yeah so after the game there and during the game there was a lot of commentary and i was hearing you know randy moss going into the game these two are going to battle for the next decade and we are seeing brady manning reincarnated and then during the game you hear tony romo just and 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 uh um you know the uh the announcers just just sucking this dude off, man. Allen, like, oh my goodness, did you see that throw? That was so incredible. Guys, wide open. What an amazing. That's what a great quarterback does. And if you're, if you watch the game, you know, and I watched, like, I was completely locked into every play. And that first drive, there were two fourth down conversions. And if you watched mostly all of the f- the conversions are for a first down a lot of times it was Josh Allen's running game that did the trick and his athletic ability really is a problem and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Josh Allen is not a good football player and is not a good quarterback he is a good quarterback and he's a great football player and he wants to win there's no question about that but when you have these idiots speaking like this guy is in the same breath as Peyton Manning at throwing the football. You know, you don't know football. What you know is just hype and a lot of blabber and you see him throwing wide open to Gabriel Davis, you know, three out of four times and now he's somehow Joe Montana. Guys, open your freaking eyes, man. Yeah, he made he made plays totally understand. You know what? Tyron Matthew went down rarely in the first quarter. I wonder if he would have had all those same touchdowns if that safety hadn't gone down, but I digress. You know, again, great game. One of the best games I've ever seen ever in in all uh, postseason history. I think the only game I would say to me was a better game was the miracle um, the one where the uh, the lateral with the Titans against the Bills and then? Oh they yeah, yeah. All back. I think maybe that game was the only game that was maybe better um, or on the same par. But this, this this was an amazing game. But Josh Allen, yes, great job, amazing. You know, you did you did good. But you know what? Josh Allen has been to one AFC Championship game. Josh Allen lost to the. Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Josh Allen, you know, is 25 going on 26, just finished his fourth year, going to his fifth year. And guess what? The windows closed. The windows <laughs> closed. You I know what it. happened? Guess it. what? Your offensive coordinator's leaving. Guess what? Most likely your defensive coordinator's leaving. Guess what? Tredavius White, Milano, all those cats on your team, you're not going to be able to sign all of them now, son. You're not. And you remember, like, I was just talking to Sammy about this. You remember the San Diego Chargers when they had Damian Tomlinson and Andy, and Antonio Gates and they had Cromarty and all those players on the, on the, and they were 14 and two and they were looking like Philip Rivers was, and what happened? They missed their window and they never got back. Well, guess what? Josh Allen. Guess what? Mr. Generational talent, Mr. Greatest quarterback. Let's see what you got to do next year. Because you're not gonna have the weapons you had this year, and you're not gonna have the same coaching. And the great ones can stay, sustain their greatness no matter what happens. So
3: let's see. Let's see. Uh, you gotta you gotta respect Mike for consistently keeping the Josh Allen hate there, ready at all times, and right under the surface, ready to explode. Okay. Josh Allen, he's never gonna accept it. Uh-huh. You have to move on with your life, guys. Now that game in itself, one thing I will say for Mike when it comes to the Bills in the future, Jet fans, just so you know, now we know his his main component in the offense, whispering in his ear, is leaving, and the Bills only have about six or seven million dollars in cap space. I think only seven or eight teams have less money next year than the Buffalo Bills. So we'll see how their roster looks. As long as they have Josh Allen, I'm sure they'll be good. But things do change around players. And when they change around players, sometimes the team's focus changes. Sometimes teams', teams uh, results change as well, which we saw with the Bills this year. They weren't as good this year as they were the year before. Um, the game itself, though, 25 points in the final two minutes. Both quarterbacks slinging it back and forth. I think my takeaway from the game, obviously, obviously I thought Josh Josh Allen played great. <clears throat> but Josh Allen was going against the Chiefs defense that's not that good. Patrick Mahomes was going against the Buffalo Bills defense. That's the best passing defense in the NFL. And he was slicing and dicing, getting the job done. Um, And he also ran for more yards in the game than Josh Allen. I mean, if you look at it. So, I mean, mean, my takeaway from the game, I was, obviously, I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan, guys. Big time impressed with Patrick Mahomes. The game itself, the back and forth nature of the game. I started feeling in my stomach like the Hill people were going to win. And I had a very, very negative feeling. But, guys, the game was 23-21. Then 26-21, they get the field goal, KC. Then 29-26, Buffalo. 33-29, KC. 36-33, Buffalo again. You know, they tied it up, KC, at the end there. I know the overtime rule got talked about. I want to go to Sammy and hit the Wookiee up and get their thoughts on that when it comes to the NFL overtime rule. Or the overtime rule in general, which is the same as the regular season, I should say. Do you think there needs to be any adjustments adjustments made for the playoffs? Are you happy with the current system, Wookiee? Are you do you have any any qualms with it at all or do you think maybe the other teams should get a chance with the ball just like college at least in the playoffs
0: I I get I get the under I like the the one side of the argument well you know you had 13 seconds left stop them I get that but why can't it just we play one more quarter or one more slightly uh, shortened quarter with every single football rule and then if it's still tied guess what we do it again. These are professional athletes, I get it, but it is what it is. I, I, I like to, I like to just have another quarter or, or play it until, until somebody wins. Wookie, what do about, you
1: know what the percentages that t- teams score touchdowns against the defense? No, do, I don't have those. you had all the, okay, I don't have the full statistics. Imagine he did I,
3: know. That would I, just just, stop all the podcast right now. I, Wookie I, was like thirty-seven point six percent. You'd be like, oh
1: shit. I don't have the metrics, matches. but I, I would fair to say that teams usually don't score on their possessions. Would you say fair to say that?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. okay. So I,
1: I know you do and I don't have the metrics. I wish I did. I wasn't going to ask you. Yo, don't give up a freaking touchdown. Don't the, give the, up the d- no. The, listen, listen, listen. It's not hard. Rules are it's not, it's not. No, it's not hard. Don't give up the touchdown. If you kick it to a field goal, you get a shot. But if you give up a freaking touchdown, you lose. Why is that such a bad thing? Like because they were doing it before with the field goal. They changed it because they said, "Yeah, that's BS." To your point. To your point. I got. I got some
2: numbers here. Hold on. Hold on. So a couple things. One, I think first you have to leave it right because it's football, man. Let the best eleven guys play. If you happen to be on defense, stop them. The whole game, it was basically the same thing where the Chiefs defense is garbage. Part of you actually kind of feels bad for Josh Allen because you're like, honestly, what more can the guy do? Like the defense is supposed to be one of the best in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes literally had 400 yards of total offense. So at a certain point, you're like, well, I mean, defense do something, but here are the stats for what you guys were just arguing about. So under the current overtime rules, the NFL teams are 86, 67, and 10. There's an advantage of just 52.8 percent if you win. If you if you have the ball first. However, if you look at playoff games, the team that wins the coin flip has won 10 out of the 11 games. Wow. Seven of those seven of those wins came on the first drive.
1: Wow. Wow. So 52. So Keith, almost a little more than half the time normal, but yeah. in the playoffs,
2: <laughs> all the time.
3: That's by that's by why people are outraged. I look at it like I understand what the Wookiee's saying, but the thing is, this what do you do? Wookiee had the best, I guess, suggestion I've heard, which is just play a normal quarter of football. That I can that I could live with. But when when people say allow, say a team, say the Chiefs scored, then you go let Buffalo go down, they score, you just go how long do you go back and forth for? Can't do that forever. That's that's not the NFL, yeah, college some of these college overtimes, when it gets to 7th and 8th overtime, it's silly at that point. I mean, I understand what it is, but that's not the NFL game. They just changed the rule to what it is, and I know what Wookie's saying about stop them in the 13 seconds, but they didn't just, they had 13 seconds on the clock to go down the field, and then also got the ball back, and they could have stopped them again in overtime, so it wasn't just one time the Bills had a chance. They could have stopped them at the end of the game and they could have stopped them in overtime both times they didn't manage to get it done. So that's why I look at it like they deserve, in this specific instance, they deserve to lose that game. Other teams, I know it's the Bills. I know it's the Hill people. Maybe I'm not being objective, right? But I just look at it like, wow, they came down, scored that TD and everyone thought this game's over. 13 seconds left, they're not going to get in field goal range. And you allow, you have the best defense in the league and you allow the Chiefs to get in field goal range it blows my mind. They tied the game after that, if you don't pick yourself up after allowing that to happen, get on the field, play some defense, hold on to a field goal or not score, you deserve to lose, in my in my eyes at least. And that, that's kind of the way I look at it. But if it was the Jets, I'd be like, hey, man, give me another possession. <laughs> Let's be honest about it, guys. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, that's tough. And I don't think they're going to change them anytime soon. I just think the, the numbers like Sammy just pointed out are much more stark and slanted in the playoffs than they are in the regular season.
1: Absolutely, I, I did would not, never, Yeah, and mo-
3: most statistics for any anything you could pull out of your ass, they're fairly similar regular season and and re- you know and playoffs, right? Um, one of the reasons Darryl Jeter, where everyone thought he was so great, he just kept his same average in the playoffs as the regular season. That, everyone that's else, right, everyone that's else right. Average would go down 150 points. Jeter just batted 300. Just batted 300. So, I mean yeah. that's and you got. I'm not hating. I'm not hating at all. He's one of the best. Right. I just mean if you can. That that's, that that's amazing to me that's that stat. but the way the game ended I could not have been happier for oh. the Bills and the Hill people to think they're that close to feel like they have it 13 seconds left that type of heartbreak that type of torture that type uh. of loss that you felt in that game that's been my entire life so and the you, fact and that there's... you're thinking you the fact that you've tried to climb this mountain so many times you got almost to the top four times took a fat <laughs> L you got a team now you thought was built to get there you keep running into patrick mahomes and getting smacked back to the ground and like mike said we'll see what happens in the future i don't think it could happen to a better team than the buffalo bills guys I, I really don't i mean in this game when we talk about the greatest games ever i do think it was one of the best games i've ever seen just because of that final fourth quarter in the overtime i think the the best game i've ever seen wasn't a playoff game and i know the stakes are not as high early season game but the jets and the Miami Dolphins, the Monday Night Miracle?
1: Oh, yeah.
3: Are you serious with the Jets down 30 to seven? The second biggest fourth quarter comeback in the history of the NFL, as we know. The number one rated game in the history of Monday Night Football, a tying touchdown to Jumbo Elliott. I mean, everything went right at the end of that game. I mean, I had emotional outbursts where I was like, I'm going to have a sports cry in the sixth game of the regular season, right now, on this comeback, watching that game, and there's so many games you can choose from. I mean, the G-men.
1: Yeah, the G-men with the Patriots. Like, I you mean, said. that was. Yeah.
3: I mean, I, I I hate to give the Wookie the props, and I'm sure that might be Wookie's answer. I mean, oh, undefeated yeah. Patriot team. Oh yeah. Against the G-men, touchdown to Plaxico at the end. I don't know. I know this game had a lot of drama, now, but with what was that? What was that stake? I think that was yeah, one of the greatest. The difference.
1: dagger, no, the dagger. I mean, they were undefeated. Yo, you'll never... Like, Brady, that's the worst thing that's ever happened, though. And and yes. Belichick. It's the worst. Uh, that, and it's, it's so satisfying. And I'm so happy that our fellow brothers across... The, uh Did that to our enemy, yeah. you know? So, so, because if they had gotten that... Can you imagine Brady with another chip and, and an undefeated...
3: Mike, it's like when I watch World War Two movies, but it's like Britain doing something amazing. And I'm like, oh, look at Britain. Not a... My our ally holding it down for us. You know what I'm saying? Like in that, we're on the same team basically against this enemy. It wasn't us doing it, but I'm still gonna root for you because you're going versus the enemy. That's what that's like. You know what I mean? And you guys took that W. Look, what do you think was that? I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. The greatest game you think you've ever seen this weekend, I'm sure, was one of them in your lifetime. Is there a game that stood out as the best game you've ever seen?
0: Uh, this weekend's Chiefs Chiefs game, Chiefs Bills game was probably. And this might just be recency bias. I really have to think about, you know, all the games I actually saw and remember. But, I mean, the Giants beating the undefeated Patriots. Obviously, being a Giant fan, that was tremendous. That was a New York thing. Um, Unfortunately, another great playoff game was Super Bowl was when Pete Carroll didn't want to run the ball to Beast Mode. Oh, that
3: game was great.
0: And Brady wins another one. Um, when really all you had to do was give a ball to the uh, wrecking ball that was Marshawn Lynch from a yard and a half, two yards out. Um, But there's so many good ones. I'm sure Kurt Warner has a couple in there.
1: Yeah, I know Dan Scampoli's favorite. Dan Scampoli's favorite is the Tuck Rule game.
3: I know he loved that one. (laughs) That is a low blow right there. That's not not, right at all. I know that uh, (laughs) what was another? Oh, when the Steelers beat the Cardinals, Antonio Holmes. Oh, yeah. Got his, he got yep. his foot toenail onto that piece of grass like that to get that touchdown. That's another great well, one. About, Sam, what, what about it, you, um, Sammy? What do you think in your lifetime? I know you're a little younger than us here. What's the greatest game you ever remember watching or being at in person?
2: Um, I, I have a distinct memory of that game where Jerome Bettis fumbled the ball. And I think it was the AFC Championship game against the Colts on like the one-yard line. Oh, it's Trump.
3: Oh, I remember that
2: yes traumatizing steeler nation that game was ridiculous to watch like they were on the one they're about to win and that ball pops out and they like return for a touchdown or some crap i just haven't but uh that game this weekend i mean i went into school on monday and i teach you know a bunch of seniors in high school and they were like coach did you see that game that sunday night i mean that was by far i think the funnest game i've ever seen there that's, might have been that's the word. Games. There might have been like more drama, whatever it is. But that was the funnest game I've ever watched.
3: That's what it is, dude. That's like the way. That's like the most entertaining game yeah. I can remember watching in, in a long time. You look up some of the greatest games, and you'll see like Super Bowl three up there for the Jets. And if you go watch the game, it's not really that exciting. It meant a lot in context. AFC getting that Super Bowl in the history, the biggest underdog of all time in the Super Bowl. But the game, it's kind of a snooze fest. They want to tell you the Ice Bowl some great game. Go put the footage on. You're gonna fall asleep. It's boring. It's not a great game, guys. This weekend was what we're talking about. This game was bonkers. Let's get finish these picks off now. I didn't lead with this information. I didn't want to come in with the fact that Michael was 0-4 last week. I wanted to have a show first. I wanted him to be in a good mind space, okay? I didn't want to make him have a frowny face to start the show off, but you got no picks correct last week. You even switched the pick that was right to be wrong. So I feel bad. Wookie went 1-3 as well. You guys did not do that well. Me and the cousin Sam went 3-1 and one this week. alright We're going to pick these NFC Championship games in a moment, Michael. But your 0-4 performance, um, it's embarrassing if I'm going to be frank with you. Okay? feel bad. But like you said, you will gladly take this 0-4. Okay? And you messaged me, and you did say this early on. You said, Keith, if I go 0-4, I'm actually going to be happy. Considering the people that will be losing, is that not how you feel, Michael?
1: That is exactly how I feel. And I did go on for, and sad for me, but seeing the Hill people out and Brady out, I mean, you can't, and the Patriots, I, I, I can enjoy my football now. I have no emotions attached. I don't care who wins the Super Bowl. Good, good, good job. Whoever does, I just want to see good football. <laughs> you know, I have no, because when I see like the Hill people every time, Josh Allen were to complete a pass, like inside, it just, you know, I get pissed. And then with Brady and then the Patriots, are the even the, the worst? So, anyway, very, very happy. I'm excited to get into these picks. I'll try to do my best to go perfect for the rest. Actually, I'm going to go perfect from here on out. I was perfect, not perfect, and not perfect.
3: Yeah, Mike went six and 0 round one, 0 and 4 round two. This kid goes big or he just goes home. Goes home. That's yeah. how he does. It. He's either going to crush it out of the park or just fail miserably. That's so what Mike's coming at you with. So, so let's do you it. You 1-3, we, we. You also won 6-0 oh in the first round. Me and, my, me and the Cuz only got Green Bay wrong this weekend, which puts the point totals at. Let me see here. One of the interns do this up this earlier today. Oh, well, here we go, guys. Me and Sammy are tied with 135 points right now in the AEBG playoff battle. 85 points for the Wookie. Michael was 60 points. However, these conference championship games are worth 50 points each. So you nail these two, you get 100 points, we get them wrong, you're good to go. i want to see where everyone lands here. Now, our Green Bay Packers are out. We all picked them to win. They're gone. Okay? Got a conference, a division battle here between the 49ers and the Rams. Guys, the 49ers beat the Rams twice this year, including the last game of the season. Tight battle in that one, not so much that first game. Tough to beat a team three times in the same season. Doesn't happen very often. I'm going to go to you first, Wookiee. When it comes to the Rams and the 49ers battle here in the NFC Championship game, who do you think is coming out on top?
0: I'm going to go with the Rams I am officially on the Rams defense hype train uh, I didn't think they were going to do that to Tom Brady besides Tom Brady's Herculean effort in, in the comeback um, I think they're going to be too much way too much for San Francisco and Jimmy G and his face that we can't stand if playing golf pretty soon
3: <laughs> I love it what do you think Sammy we got the Rams we got the Niners Green Bay's history who do you got coming out on top
2: Uh, I got to go with the Rams on this one as well. I just think that like you said, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. I don't think San Fran has the weaponry to keep up with that Rams team. Um, I really like Cooper Cup. I think that guy's just, he's almost one of those dudes that's uncoverable. um, And he's going to always just get his. So I'm going Rams. Plus, I mean, the Super Bowl's in LA. We already knew it was in the cards when they won. Like, that it's it's, all, it's all set up, baby. They're going.
3: Yeah. That's true, guys. All right, what do you think? Uh, I didn't even think about that till you just said that same. I didn't put that together. I forgot what the Super Bowl was at this year. Is that your pick also? Is the Rams, you think they're going to take out the 49ers?
1: Yeah, that's my pick. I mean, uh, I uh, the Rams, I mean, the 49ers could cause a issues for them, uh, as we've seen earlier, and they have had their number, but I just think the Rams are more talented, and in the end, I'm going to bet on talent, and Vic Vay has been there already. He's already been to a Super Bowl, so they already know. So so has Shanahan as well, too, but I just think that, you know, if I look at the offense versus offense, the Rams' offense is better, and I think that their defense is comparable as far as getting after the quarterback. You got Bosa and them team on one side and then you know donald and everybody on the other so and they they have ramsey the better cornerback of uh, out of the group so you know that's that's who i got I, i i wish i had picked the rams to you know beat brady but they uh this is that this is the team and i think they're going to the super bowl
3: Yeah, man. You know what I think, guys? I want to pick the Niners because they're so hot. My brother-in-law is a huge 49er fan, guys. Um, But it's hard to really go with the Niners with Jimmy G playing the way he is. That year that they got to the Super Bowl, he was pretty efficient. I know he was 11 for 19 in the game. Look at his QB rating, was like a 50-something. He didn't play well. And when you watch the game, you didn't see a quarterback playing well. The Green Bay defense is good. Guess what? So is the Rams defense. So, like Mike was alluding to, man, I know in the regular season, you might the, the Niners had better stats defensively, but if you look at rushing yards per game, they're the same. San Francisco and the Rams. You can't really run on the Rams. The, what the Niners do well is control the clock. They run the ball well. Will they be able to do that against the Rams in this game? I don't know. They beat them twice this year, though. So, it's like I mean, it's like in, in prize fighting and boxing matches sometimes, Like, it's really hard for teams to come back and beat someone, just like in fighting when they've already beat you. But will you do it three times in a year? That's hard. That's kind of what's getting me more than anything. So I'm going to roll with you guys here. I want to be go Niners and just throw everything into the mix, but I'm going to go Rams as well. Let's flip over here to the AFC Championship game. Chiefs, Bengals. I think a lot of people are thinking the Bengals are going to get worked in this one. Chiefs have a probably better team overall. Offensive line for the Bengals is not amazing. Sammy, what do you think when it comes to this AFC battle here? The Chiefs, you got Mahomes. Bengals, you got Burrow. The game's going to be in Kansas City. Who do you got coming out on top?
2: Listen, you know I'm st- who I'm sticking with. Sticking with them? Listen, you know I'm picking the Bengals, all right? Listen, <laughs> the amount of swag this young team has, again, I said it last week, coming off this win, did you hear what Ever McPherson said before he kicked that field goal? Yeah. He walked over to Jerboa and said, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. Walking on the field, kicked the game with a field goal. Yeah. And went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. That that energy, I love. That team is young. No one, for some reason, no one can stop Jamar Chase. That Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, LSU, to Cincy Connections, ridiculous. That they're, all those other weapons have just decided to play yeah. really good football. And I was saying to Mike earlier, when we were talking before the show, I think that defense is really underrated. I think the reason they beat the Titans is the same reason they'll beat KC. I don't think they'll let the KC, Kansas City Chiefs get in the groove that the Titans wanted to get into. They need to pound Derrick Henry early so he cuts you at the end, right? I and mean, he takes the legs out from underneath you. And Tennessee never got settled in that game plan I think they do the same thing to the Chiefs, and the Bengals come
3: out on top. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. How strange was it for us to watch that game this weekend, guys, and think that the Jets beat the Titans and the Bengals this year? But that's yeah. just yeah. well, how, that makes no sense. Uh, but Mike, you got the Chiefs here. I know you liked them last, but you're going to stick with them here up against the Bengals. You're going to have the Chiefs heading to the Super Bowl.
1: I mean, I think yesterday, uh, Sunday, <laughs> you guys saw. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the world. Period. Period. 13 seconds. I you what we are seeing is the best. And he is going to win his second Super Bowl. That I'm, I, I was very, very sure that Rodgers was going to win his Super Bowl this year because I said to myself, it's time. He, we know he's great. He's going to step up. He didn't step up. And it's par for the course, like I just said. But Mahomes was in the game and he was put to the test and he was just magnificent. I I don't even know what else to say. Like it was, and it's not Josh Allen running around using your, not just using your athleticism to scare defenses, no, he was pinpoint accurate where the ball had to go for Hill to get all the way through to the touchdown, to be able to hit Kelsey, you know, to set up the field goal, hit Kelsey for the touchdown. The guy was magnificent. No one's beating him. And the story—it's like when you were going against Jordan, you're not beating him, son. Yeah. I don't care what you have. You you want to put the dream team together? Go ahead. You're not beating him. They they gave him 13 seconds. They gave him 13 seconds. and no. here.
2: I'm just saying, if Gabriel Davis scores three touchdowns in 100-something yards, imagine what Jamar Chase could do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: done. Man. I'm, I'm That's done That's one it. of those points Mike made before I meant to jump in on. Like, when you watch Lamar Jackson play, and you watch – and Josh Allen made plenty of great throws this weekend. Do not get me wrong. But when you watch them play, they throw to dudes that are the most wide-open players I have ever seen in my life. And they're both great quarterbacks, but that rushing element of their game, and that creates problems for people. You have to respect that. I mean, you you can't just sit back and zone all day long on these guys. They'll just be like, all right, we'll just run for seven yards every single play. Absolutely. in a tough spot. So when it comes to this Chiefs game, uh, Sammy, let me say this. I think the Bengals are hot as hell. If the Bengals do go to the Super Bowl, that'd be amazing. It'd be the only second time they've ever got there. I don't like how their offensive line looked last week. I don't think the Chiefs' defense is great. It's not. Joe Burrow will probably tear this team up. We're probably going to have a similar-ish game scoring-wise, at least on the scoreboard that we had last week, at least in my eyes, um, that Bills game. But you can pass the ball on the Bengals. At least this year, most teams could. Even the Jets could. Mike White. Mike White has a jersey in the Hall of Fame right now. Yep. Sammy, because he tore up the Cincinnati Bengals on Halloween. And I'm supposed to think Patrick Mahomes is gonna in KC lose? I, I can't. I can't sign off on that. I'd be I'm not both teams, I'm a fan of both teams. It's fun to see a team like the Bengals get this far. Like I said, that's a fan base that I can relate to. Okay, we're riding right that same world where people laugh at your team sometimes. Okay, I totally understand that life, but I don't think this is their year. I think Casey's gonna go on to the Super Bowl. Um, Wookiee. Let's see what you got. We're gonna finish up with you. Kansas City Chiefs here, Cincinnati Bengals, AFC Championship game. How you think it's gonna shake out?
0: Oh, I uh, I'm gonna go with Cincinnati. I'm gonna go with Cincinnati. I'm yeah, bro. The so kid gets now. it done. Wow. The kid wow. gets it done against against everything you guys said, and you made great points for why Kansas City will probably win this game. But I'm gonna pick Cincinnati to pull the upset of all upsets and to start the ball rolling on what should be five to seven great years of young quarterback play and competition going on.
1: That's, look, I see Herbert, Burrow, Mahomes. Wow. Okay, those three, are are, to me, are the best young passers in the AFC. Uh, Lamar and Josh Allen, great quarterbacks, okay, and are going to be a problem for a while, no question. But the three I just named... Those are those three because Herbert's gonna get there. He'll he'll be here next year. He should have been there this year if it wasn't for, you know, uh, the last game. But yeah, it, it, it's good to see Burrow. I, and again, I didn't think he, I didn't Keith knows I, I wasn't really super
3: high on Small Hands. Yeah, but Small Hands got it done. Yeah, he's getting the job done. Burger King commercial, getting the job done when it matters the most. <laughs> which is the true sign of a championship team and a championship player guys all right everybody that's all we got for you this week you know our predictions you know mike's gonna try to do better this week he's not he's not proud of himself okay he's happy with the way it turned out in his heart but his point total is not amazing wookie as well guys if you do want to get out us, support us or be involved in the AEBG world in any way shape or form michael where could they do that
1: well you know we're on youtube please give us a like and a listen appreciate that we're on Facebook, at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter, at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram, at Jet.AEBG.
3: You heard the man. On behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris. And the big, stinking wookie Nicholas Kronk. And the number one high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin Sammy. Catch you next week, everybody. Peace out.